Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and it reads, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Lord, bring a word for your people right now. A word for this 11 o'clock congregation, this 11 o'clock viewing audience, this 11 o'clock CD, this 11 o'clock broadcast. We ask for you right now in the name of Jesus to bring a word through me. Magnify the Holy Spirit within me, Lord, so that I say what it is you want me to say. Use everything that you need to use of me, Lord, every giftedness, even the cracks, even the flaws, even the blemishes. Use whatever you need to use in order to glorify yourself through this word. Use me, Lord, to bring a word for this time, to convict people yet not condemn them, to stretch them but not pull them apart. And Lord, allow, allow your word to go forth with clarity. Allow it to go forth in the perfect timing. Allow it to liberate and deliver individuals who are going through trials and tribulations. Prepare those, Lord, who are about to go into a trial and help those individuals who are coming out to see the power of the trial, to understand that all things happen for the good of those who are called according to your purpose. Lord, we thank you for your power. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your son. We thank you for your majesty, glory, and faithfulness. Lord, in the name of Jesus, thank you for liberating us in this moment right now. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Amen. As you take your seat, I want to speak to you from the subject, the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit. Although we often credit the arrival of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit has always been working. From the beginning of Scripture, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In the Old Testament, we frequently read about actions of the Holy Spirit. He would come upon people such as judges, kings, and prophets. In the New Testament, the Spirit of God conceived Jesus in the womb of Mary, descended upon him bodily as a dove at his baptism, anointed his preaching ministry, and gave him supernatural power to perform signs and wonders. And after his resurrection, Jesus promised his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus kept his promise. Let's look, let's, let me look at the verse to the end. Let me just read this one more time. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. See, can I tell you something? The reason why racism continues to go on is because people are not filled with the Holy Spirit. God did not trust the disciples to take the, the, the gospel to anybody outside the Jews until they received the Holy Spirit. Remember when Jesus, the people of Samaria, went and listened to the word and the disciples said, hey, you want us to call fire from heaven, Jesus, and burn them up? And Jesus said, no, how about this? Don't even go to Samaria no more until I tell you when to go. See, see, the reason why he told the story of the good Samaritan was because they didn't like the Samaritans. They were racist. 
They didn't like the Samaritans. So God, Jesus did not trust them to take the gospel outside of their people. So until you receive the Holy Spirit, you can only preach to people that look like you. You can only witness to people that think like you. And that's, that's why if you black, you can't talk to white folk because you racist because you don't have the Holy Ghost. And if you white, you ain't going to never love me if you don't have the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the one that shows us that our differences are powerful. It's amazing how the devil uses our differences to pull us apart, but the Spirit uses our differences to become powerful. If I'm organized and you organized, so what? I don't need you, but if you organize and I'm not and I can cast vision and you can organize, let's get together, baby. You got to understand that your differences make you powerful. That's why the Spirit gives somebody the gift of prophecy, somebody else the gift of teaching, somebody else the gift of preaching, somebody else the gift of healing, somebody else the gift of humanitarianism, somebody else the gift of help, somebody else the gift of, of, of whatever it is, exaltation. Everybody has a different gift so the church can be taken care of and we can protect Produce fruit in the kingdom. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you do what I can't do, I'm jealous. I want what you got, and all I see what you got and don't see what God blessed me with. You have got to have an infilling of the Holy Spirit so God can diversify how we use you in the kingdom. Anyway, Jesus kept his promise on the day of Pentecost. And when God poured out the Holy Spirit upon the believers uh, gathered in Jerusalem, the impact of the arrival of the Holy Spirit was so powerful. It galvanized Peter and gave him and the other disciples the courage to preach openly. Remember, they were hiding at first, but when the Spirit came over them, they had a boldness. Can I tell you something? You won't be scared of anybody when the Holy Spirit comes in you and begins to magnify himself in you because you understand, I don't feel any man but God. Yeah, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You won't hide yourself when you hear Debo coming. <laughs> because you understand that I have the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, great revival happened because of the Holy Spirit. They took the gospel from Jerusalem to Rome and over centuries from Rome to us. The Holy Spirit has always been working, but his work is not aimless. In fact, his job description, he has a job description. In reading scripture, you can count on finding clear descriptions of the Spirit's various tasks. Scripture does not leave the works of the Spirit to our imagination. The Spirit of God has a specific work that must be done, and Scripture clearly teaches us about that work. Let's talk about the 10 works of the Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit exalts Jesus. The Holy Spirit exalts Jesus. This is the Spirit's first and primary work. The number one item on his job description, it is the work about which he is always most concerned. Everything else in the spirit that the spirit does is, 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 is secondary. On the day of Pentecost, when the apostle Peter explained the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he preached about Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus himself 
said in John 15, 26, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And in John 16, 14, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit he will glorify me because it is from me that he, he will receive what he will make known to you. It is always the Spirit's mission to exalt Jesus. The Spirit is not come so that we might go away to from the service talking about the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit. The Spirit has come that we might be deeply impressed with the person and the work of Jesus Christ and go excited about his work. The gifts are necessary to thrust us into the mission and the work of Jesus. See, the reason why God wants you to be gifted is because people don't like following losers. God wants you to be a winner. That's why he began a good work in you and shall finish it. That's why he's the author and finisher of your faith. He has you gifted because he needs you to be gifted because people like following people with power and authority. You don't want to follow nobody. Oh, yeah, I think it's okay. I don't know what we should do. Brother Deacon, I don't know where we need to go. What you think? No, you want somebody with some power. You want somebody that's going to have some giftedness. That's why God has gifted you. The problem is you don't even know you gifted. The problem is not that you aiming high and hit. The problem is you keep aiming low and hit. Aiming high and missing is good. It's better than aiming low and hitting. Remember, the angels got mad. What is man that you're mindful of them? You made everything to be subject under their feet, yet they don't walk in it. But God has given you power to use his name. You're supposed to do greater exploits in his name. And the reason why he has you gifted is to make him look good. Come on, somebody. When your son run a touchdown, you say, that's my baby, that's my baby, that's my baby. When he fumble, oh, what's wrong? <laughs> Just saying. Number two. The Holy Spirit convicts us. In John 16, 8 through 11, Jesus identified inner convictions as the work of the Spirit. He says, when it comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin because people do not believe in me about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer and about judgment because the prince of the world now stands condemned. The Holy Spirit is like the prosecuting attorney of God, but he attempts to help us out. Wouldn't it be good if you went to court and, the, and, and you had your lawyer that's on your side and the come about the attorney was with you too? That's what I'm saying. See, the Holy Spirit is the prosecuting attorney and leads everybody into all truth, but at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit still tries to save you from God. Uh, Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. When you mess up, the Holy Spirit is always trying to lead you into all truth. He's always telling you where you need to go. And some of y'all say, something told me not to go over his house. No, the Spirit told you not to go. He's always trying to help you. Even though he's a prosecuting attorney, he's the inside man trying to help you and keep you out of hell, keep you out of situation that you put yourself in that'll put you, ah, uh, y'all don't want to talk about it no more. Just know he trying to help you out. First, he gives us an awakening sense of sin. Particularly the sin of unbelief in Jesus. The Spirit wants to reverse that unbelief so we will trust and believe in Christ. Second, the Spirit wants to affirm 
uh, to us the righteousness of Jesus. The Pharisees said Jesus was of the devil, but the Spirit says he is of the Father. The Holy Spirit desires to reverse the world's verdict of Jesus. The world has judged him as either an imposter or simply among many prophets. But the devil know the truth. Let me, let me read the last one. See, see, look at it. Last of the Spirit brings an acknowledgement that judgment has already been passed against the evil one. Satan already defeated. You already, you have been redeemed. You're not about to be redeemed. You're not on your way to be redeemed. You are already redeemed. Before the foundation of the world, he had already, he had already been crucified for you. It just didn't happen in chronological time and space. See, God can deal with chronology time, 1955 and 1965 and 1975 and 2022 and all that. But God is with Cairo's circle of time. He sees everything past, present, and future all at the same time. And before you did the sin you did yesterday or last night, God had already redeemed you before you even walked into it. That's how bad he is. And the devil understands that his name is above every other name. Jesus is a name. Cancer trembles if you say Jesus. If you don't know El Elyon or Elohim or Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Tekisnu, if you don't know uh, uh, Jehovah Rophel, uh, if you don't know all these different things, if you don't know Jehovah Nisi, if you don't know El Elyon, if you don't know El Shaddai, it doesn't matter if you can just say Jesus because everything about the Godhead bodily is enrolled in him and everything you could oh, you better tell Cassidy to get out of my life in Jesus. Jesus name get get out of my life in Jesus name his name That's why some pastors don't like to go pray at the Senate and don't want to go pray because you can't say Jesus. I understand the rules, but I go anyway because I want to make sure when I go there, I say in his name. I won't say Jesus, but Jesus know what I'm saying. I, I don't want to be out of order, but I know his name is powerful. And if I can't say Jesus up there, I can say Jesus when I go talk to you. I can say Jesus when I take the senator's hand. I'm going to take the gospel everywhere I can take the gospel and when I say Jesus name I know they're going to tremble I might can't see Jesus name in the microphone but I said walking all the way up there I put oil on the door on the way in there you better watch out The devil already know he lost that's why he tried to keep you from having to say Jesus because he even knows the power <laughs> You remember that movie? Was it Lion King Mufasa? Ooh. That's how Jesus' name is when you talk to the demons. Dead. Ooh. Jesus. Jesus. When you go in the, in the hospital room and say, Jesus, the disease, say, ooh. You better watch out. You better start using the power that you have. The angels get mad at us. What is man that you're mindful of them? You made everything to be subject to their feet, yet they don't walk in the authority. Stop being X-Men. Understand your power. Be Superman. Be Wonder Woman. Be somebody that understands and embraces the power that they have. Tired of these confused Christians walking around with nuclear powers in their bosom and still walking around here broke, busted, and disgusted. 
and God has given you power. I'm not giving you a spirit of timidness or fear. I'm giving you the spirit of power and of a sound mind. I've given you power. Holy Ghost power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. That's why we say greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Just like the song just sang, there is, this is no ordinary worship because you ain't no ordinary person. Stop walking around here acting like you ordinary. In fact, if you stop acting like you ordinary, you will stop asking, answering ordinary folk on your Facebook. I just block folk now. I mean, the video we played, oh, somebody loved, they sell, somebody loved, I'm trying to get them, stuff at the home, oh, block, block, block. <laughs> Got time to be discussing nothing with you? Some of us lose our anointing fussing with ignorant folk that are never, ever be convinced. Stop arguing with people that are already convinced that they ain't going to believe you know how. Number three, all right, with folk, make no sense. For you all, you all, the dumbest thing I ever seen is a smart person arguing with a dummy. I just need you to go through your Facebook page and look at how many dummies you keep arguing with and feel bad about yourself and stop replying. You fearful and wonderfully man, you answering every nut on your Facebook. That's how they live. They live by carelessly through your life because they don't walk in the power you walk in. They mad because your name keep getting called and they name ain't getting called. You know what name I hate every day? Patriots. I hate the Patriots. Perez, my dude, I was so glad when Tom Brady got traded because I ain't want to hear nothing else about the Patriots. Blew the whole Super Bowl. That's when I started saying, man, I live in Newport News. Man, I'm from Newport News. <laughs> the devil don't want to hear his name because he know he already lost. And the crazy thing about it is you ought to see he's trying to keep you from saying Jesus in the school. He wants to keep you from saying Jesus in the hospital. He wants you to stop saying Jesus in law enforcement. He wants you to stop saying Jesus in government. Why? Because he understands that that name is power. You know what's so crazy? Some of y'all will use my name and won't even tell me you use my name. And my name ain't nowhere near as great as Jesus. But you got enough sense to use my name because you feel like somebody know me in Newport News. But God knows everybody. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. You better start using your power. Let me hurry up. I got too many points to go. Number three, the Holy Spirit regenerates us. Jesus said, verily, truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Spiritual regeneration comes through the spirit's presence. Jesus acted upon this truth. Let me just talk about this myself. Some folks say, how in the world you do planning commission? How you do board review, NAACP, running for all of it? You the path, you need to sit down. No, you sit down. 
if my life overwhelms you that much, get some popcorn, sit down and have a juice and watch my Facebook and take a break. But don't tell me what God is going to do with my life and not do with my life. God gives you supernatural power. He will regenerate you. You will outrun horses like Elijah. Come on, somebody. You will be able to kill 300 Philistines with a jawbone of an ass just like Samson. You will be able to raise people from the dead just like Jesus. A lot of Holy Spirit to energize you. When I, when I need a break, I take a nap. Leave me alone. And stop listening to everybody. Folks be like, Pastor, you look tired. Oh, Lord, you look tired. And then why you keep listening to them? You start getting tired. No, you tired. Don't put your tiredness on me. You all right, Pastor? You sure look funny. I look like that every time I get ready to preach because I'm getting in the zone. If you just leave me alone, I have a great Sunday morning. Talk to me after church. Stop letting people reduce you down to their ability because they don't know how to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I, can I ask you this? It's a scripture. It's a scripture, right? And it says, uh, God said, you've been favored over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Okay, a few things plus a more few things plus some more few things equals many things. So I'm over many things, and so I'm doing what God told me to do. Now you do the same. Leave me alone. When I'm tired, I sit down. God ain't gonna give me no energy for foolishness now. He ain't gonna give me energy to go do stupid stuff and not do stuff I'm aligned with, with what he want me to do. But as long as I'm saying yes to what he want me to do, he'll get it done. But you know what? If some of y'all get up off your blessed assurance and get up and do something, maybe I can sit down because you'll begin to do some of the things you're supposed to do. Because every now and then, God got to stand somebody else up because you ain't taking your rightful place of authority. Take your seat and I sit down. Oh, I ain't fussing at nobody. I just want to get you off your blessed assurance so you can walk by faith and not by sight and do what God has empowered you to do. God will give you supernatural energy to regenerate yourself. And if you keep looking toward the healing which cometh your help, you won't get tired. The race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but those who endure. He who began a good work in you shall finish it. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher. He didn't say he was the in-between time. If you just keep walking, Walking it out, he will finish it. Just stop listening to the naysayers. I hate when people that don't never get in the game talking. Spectators in the bleachers got a ticket at ringside looking at my life trying to tell me what I can't do. He's talking about I ain't going to win. You ain't even in the game. At least be on the bench. You in the crowd spectating. Y'all got to start telling people to be quiet. I know I'm scared of y'all on Pentecost Sunday, but this is spirit. He made you. This is what I don't understand. He spoke the world into existence. The world spins at 18 and a half miles every two seconds. Spins fast enough so that you won't slide off the earth, but spins not so fast that you get thrown into the atmosphere. The sun is away from us, far enough so we don't uh, burn up, but, but not too far that we freeze. He spoke it into existence. He spoke the galaxies into existence. He spoke light into existence. We don't know if it's light, it's, it's particles and waves or waves and particles. He spoke a 
proceed into existence. We still don't understand photosynthesis as much as we should. We know the sunshine and the seed grow, but they still don't understand it all the way. He spoke the mountain. He spoke the lion and his mane. He spoke the whale and the shark. But when they came to you, he loved you so much that he stooped down, walked down 40 and two burning generations and walked down and grabbed the dirt forms you with his hands. He could have spoke you into existence like he spoke the galaxies. He could have spoke you into existence like he spoke the stars. He could have spoke you into existence like he spoke the sky. He could have spoke into existence like he spoke the water. He could have spoke you into existence like he spoke the grass. He could have spoke you into existence like he spoke the, the moons and the stars and the, and the comets and, 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 and all the other stuff that he spoke. But he said, I love you so much, I'll make you with my hands. And after I make you with my hands, I blow the Ruach in you, the spirit. I give you a part of myself. That's why greater is he who is in you than he is in the world because God himself breathed himself. And after he made you, he used so much energy, he had to take a day of rest. That's how bad you are. And you worried about gas prices? You worried about Republicans and Democrats? We don't even understand how many galaxies out there. We don't understand the universe. We we called we called one, uh, Pluto was a planet one time and another time it was a moon. They don't know what they wanted to call it because they still don't understand the creation that God has made so wonderfully. And He spoke this with His mouth, but with you, He made you with His hands. How dare you worry about your enemy when you fearfully and wonderfully made. And he said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper and the Holy Spirit lives in you. How dare you fear your enemy? Stop insulting my God. When these uncircumcised Philistines come at you, you better tell them, you better stop coming against the armies of the living God. I'm a Christian soldier and I'm on the battlefield. Ooh. Number four, the Holy Spirit lives in us. I think I talked about that a little bit, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in your midst. He lives in you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The same power that Moses used his staff to split the Red Sea lives in you. The same spirit that Joshua stepped in the water and the, and the Jordan River was split lives in you. The same spirit that caused David to kill Goliath with a rock and a rag lives in you. The same spirit that caused Elijah to outrun horses and chariots lives in you. The same spirit that prophesied that rain would not come for a whole bunch of months and the same spirit that called rain to come in the middle of a drought and burn up a water-soaked stone altar lives in you. If you're married, don't try this. But if you live, if you sit beside your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you don't want to mess with me. <laughs> yeah. You don't, don't want to mess with me. It's dangerous. You don't want to mess with me. The Holy Spirit lives in me. You, you, you might want to stand down. I'm warning you right now. You better let the enemy know. Warn them. I don't want quite a few people in my day. 
Just last week. I tell people, you keep messing with me, I'm going to let God go on you. I ain't worried about my sake. Don't worry about yours. I'm keeping it 100 with you. I know my God love me. He take care of me. Even though I get on your nerves, my God love me anyway. Like I ain't do nothing wrong. I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. So he don't look at crazy Maxwell. He just sees the blood of Jesus. And even though I'm messed up and I sin, he look at me and calls me righteous because I'm anointed by Jesus. I'm covered by the blood. And all he sees is the righteousness because I'm covered by the blood stained battle of Jesus. I ain't got to fight you. Go on my prayer closet. People talking about I'm nice. I ain't nice. I just, when I'm nice, I'm fussing with you. That's me trying to keep God from getting you because as long as I fuss with you, you are right. But the minute I stop talking, And if I don't never argue back with you, you argue, that means it ain't like you never, ever, no way. Let God deal with you out the gate. See, y'all think I'm joking. I'm dead serious right now. Number five, and I'm going to tell you why I don't worry about folk. Number five, the Holy Spirit seals believers. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, when we, you believe. You are marking him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance into the redemption of those who are God's. Let me read this one too. Ephesians 4.30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I don't know about y'all, but Ray Liotta died. That's one of my favorite movies was Goodfellas. I, I ain't totally delivered yet. I think I'm going to still get in heaven, but I did watch Goodfellas. And, 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 and Joe Pesci, y'all remember Joe Pesci? I don't know. But anyway, in, in the gangster, you, you can't kill a made man without permission. And Joe Pesci's character killed a made man, and so they ended up killing him. And because he was sealed with the gangster's approval. I'm trying to talk to you for a minute. You were sealed and bought with a price. And God knows that you are made man, you are made woman of God, and can't nobody touch you without permission. Y'all should be shouting even if you're going through something right now. But let me tell you something right now. God does not let anybody touch you unless he know you're going to win. If he know you're going to win, he'll let them out the gate. You better ask Job. God says you can touch Job's stuff, but you can't touch him. You can touch Job's family, but you can't touch him. You can touch Job, but you can't kill him. Because God only lets the devil touch you when you're ready. You better let your enemy know, don't touch me. Don't touch me. You, you better watch out. Because I ain't talking like Jesus. When Jesus said, who touched me? You trying to heal somebody. Who touched me? I'm coming for you. You seal. You a made man, a made woman. They, he can't touch you without God's permission. And when God allows you to be touched, he's about to make that person an example. 
I ain't going to fuss with nobody in a cubicle. Even if I'm in a cubicle, you're on the same level I'm on. I'm worried about you. I ain't worried about no cubicle hate. You ain't nowhere. Man, if you fussing at somebody in a cubicle, you crazy. Let me tell you right now. They ain't got no office. They ain't got no door. Everybody can just walk in your office. And see, 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 you still on a low level because you keep getting mad. You keep taking your earrings off, girl, putting your Vaseline on, girl. I'm telling you, I'm a killer today. I wish she would say something to me today. Who cares? You a made woman and you out here fussing. The Godfather didn't never raise his voice. But one time he was mad at his wife. Other time he be like, I'm going to kill him. I'm telling you, you come to me. You never want to be my friend. And now on the day of my mother's, my daughter's wedding, you want to come ask me a question because I can't refuse you. He was highly upset. But why would he fuss at a peon? He has all the power. Why do you keep fussing at folk that don't walk in the same anointed power that you walk in? That's crazy. Why? I feel like that lady on Color Purple. Why? Why do you keep fussing with crazy folk? <laughs> you sealed. You bought with the price. He made you. If you mess with my car, I ain't make it, but I'm coming for you. What's that dude's name? He was like, man, I have a certain set of skills. I will find you. I will mess up your car too. You see what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is, not only were you bought with the price, God made you with his hands. He sealed you. So, can I talk to some mamas? Any mamas out there? Your child can be getting on your nerves. Your child can be in jail right now on death row. But at the end of the day, somebody talk about your baby. You in church. What you say about my baby? Look at her. She take her earrings off. It ain't real. I'm just playing. She take her. She down there taking her earrings off for real. She all right. You all right? <laughs> oh Jesus! She she thought it was real. <laughs> oh Jesus! Don't you mess with nobody, baby. Now think of the love she got for her baby, but think of how much more God loves you than you even love your child. He made you. He formed you. Stop worrying about it. You a made man. Tell your neighbor, I'm a made woman. I'm a made man. Now if you a man, say a man. Now I don't want y'all here. If you a woman, say, you know, ain't no switching up in here. We don't do that in Newbies Grove. <laughs> <laughs> see, sometimes they'll put a sold sign on a house, but it really hadn't sold. And that's why you see the for sale sign go back up sometimes because until you get the money out of escrow, it, it hasn't closed until the money is transferred to the bank that own it or to the seller that owns it or whoever has the stake in the house until the money is transferred into the account. It's not closed. It really hasn't sold. They just say it's sold, but it has not. 
But the thing about it, well, I love about God because you were already bought with the price. The minute that you said Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you were already sealed and bought with the price. You already in escrow because you know God loved you so much. He said he tried to use Abraham, but he couldn't stop lying about Sarah being his wife. Kept talking about that was his sister. He tried to use Noah. He could lead the ENJ or the Hennessy or the, or the whatever alone. He tried to use Moses, but he kept cussing folk out and killing people. He tried to use David. He couldn't stand in nobody's house. He tried to use Samson, but Samson wouldn't lead Delilah alone. Tried to use Jeremiah. He kept whining. Tried to use Isaiah. He kept cussing folk out. Tried to use Gideon. He kept on doubting. Tried to use all these different people. Tried to use Jacob. He kept swindling folk. Tried to use Esau. He sold his birthright. Tried to use all these people. And he looked around and said, I, I'm going to, I can't find nobody bigger. I swear by myself. Walked down 40 and 2 burning generation and rolled himself in the flesh. Came out Emmanuel, God is with us. Walked down the way of Via Dolorosa after 33 long years. Walked in the way of suffering. Put nails in his hand to bring the fruition of soteriological dispensation. Then if there's no shedding of blood, there'll be no remission of sin. He died for us while we were yet sinners to become the perpetuation for our sins. If he did all that, for me, I ain't worried about my enemy. Even when I mess up. Anybody ever messed up before? Raise your hands so you won't go to hell. Anybody ever messed up before? And remember, if you look in the Bible, God get mad at the Israelites all the time. Get so mad at them that he'll put them in captivity by the Jebusites, the Hittites, all the ites. Not Ike, but Ites. And then when they start repenting, he'll feel bad and say, I'm going to kill these folk for messing up my people. Um, excuse me, God. Don't burn me with fire. But uh, you the one put them in captivity in the first place. God said, I don't care. Even if I get people to permission to touch my folk, they shouldn't touch my folk because they sealed with my name. Can I tell you something? Even when God let people go loose on you, he's still going to come back and get the last word on your behalf, even if he's using them to punish you for something you did. So some of y'all feeling bad because you done got yourself in some mess and you did it on your own. But can I tell you right now, we've been endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning and God is about to redeem you and he's going to show some people that even though you messed up, they should have never touched you because you sealed. You a made man. You a made woman. Number six. The Holy Spirit guides us. Yes. The Spirit one time told Philip to go to the chariot and stay near. The Holy Spirit told to set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I've called. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. See, this is the thing. I don't get tired like normal people get tired because at the end of the day, I only do what God tells me to do. I said I would never run for office. I kept saying never. Now, again, the only never I would never be is broke because I pay my tithes. I ain't going to never be broke, and I'm going to stick to that never. But I ain't going to stick to no other never, because I said I would never run for office. My mama did a, a, a video with Justin, and he asking all these questions. He's so nosy. And so, 
And so she doesn't talk about, I believe he gonna run for office all that. I was mad. I like, ain't running for office. Don't you put that, don't you play that on no daggone video. They played it anyway. He hard headed. <laughs> but I said I would never do it. But when the spirit orders your steps, you got to do whatever the Spirit says. There's some things in your life that God is about to tell you to navigate through that you thought God wasn't going to ever ask you to do. Can I talk to somebody that needs to leave room for the Holy Spirit to work in your life? I know you got a plan. I know you got your life together. But you got to leave room for the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do in your life. I ain't getting no amens on that. But I don't care. He'll wake you up in a minute. You're going to wake up. You're going to be doing something you thought you would never do because the Holy Spirit going to lead you into all truth. And see, this is the thing. God don't reveal everything to you. He says, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard what God is going to do in your life. You know why? Because he knows if you see it right now, it'll blow your mind and you can't handle it. Moses said, God, reveal your glory to me. God turned around and let him see the backside of the anointing because he understood if I show Moses the whole glory of what I have for him, it will kill him right now. The backside of God's glory made his hair turn white immediately. What if he would have revealed everything to him? I'm here to prophesy to you right now, decree and declare there's some things in your life that God is about to shift in your life that you thought you would never do. He's about to restore relationships you thought you'd never have. He's about to put you in rooms you thought you would never be in. He's about to birth businesses and favor in your life that doors you thought you would never be able to walk through. He's about to shift it because you're about to leave room for the Holy Spirit. I'm almost there. I'm so tired. Come around the last curve of the 400. He'll guide you. Number seven, the Holy Spirit prompts us to worship. The Spirit will prompt you to worship. Every now and then, I be in Whole Foods, which I don't go often because Pastor's Aid always go shopping for me. I appreciate y'all so much. But every now and then, I go buy my own stuff just to feel normal. And I might just shout and bring out in worship that I can afford all these high groceries. I just worship him because I just can't contain myself that he's blessed me so much. I remember when, 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 but back in the day, see, now they think they take $100 off sometimes, but back in the day, only thing the credit card did was take a dollar off, and so I would go to the pump, knowing they had but a dollar and 15 cents, and put 30 worth of, dollar worth of gas in my tank, and I knew I'd be overdrawn, but at least I wasn't walking. <laughs> I ain't said I had never been broke. I said I would never be broke again. And I look at what God has brought me from. And every now and then I be at the weight room and I, I work out outside sometimes with a play area outside because nobody want to go out there, especially when it's cold. I just don't want to be bothered with folk and I be wanting to worship because I, I used to listen to Tupac, but I can't listen to Tupac no more and like I used to and because I'm a real preacher now. And, and so even though it took me 10 years to get here though, I mean, <laughs> It took me a long time. 
<laughs> it was a long time. It was a long time coming, but it finally came. Maybe last year. And I ain't saying I'm judging you, but I'm just saying I got to listen to worship music. And, and I'll just be in there. And it's like I, I just go into worship. And one day I was just going in, I'm lifting weights, and all of a sudden I turn around, and I'm just, I'm, talking, I'm praying in tongues, I'm just worshiping. And I just see the little white boy that clip, he was like. I was standing there, and I happened to look up, and I, oh, man, I'm all right. He said, okay, okay, because you know he always see me, you know, I don't just walk around and say, hi, shut up, I'm God. You know, but I just, you know, but I used to say, hey, how you doing? But that was his first time seeing me go in, because he used to be coming out there, and he was, he was looking like, oh, my God, do I need to call the paramedics? I mean, he was looking very disturbed. <laughs> Why? Because I could not contain my worship. Because every now and then the spirit will just take over and I just got to give him a sacrifice of praise because of where he brought me from. Oh my God, I used to have to get loans for houses. Now I can buy them with cash money because of the favor that God has on my life. And every now and then I might be going up to a house and break out in worship because I'm like, God. How did you bring me so far? Woo! I just got to worship him. But he ain't prompting you to worship just to worship. He want to prompt you to worship. You can get off of your blessed assurance and go do something in the world. It's for you to come in here, get your pep talk in the locker room and go out into the world and make a difference in the marketplace. Your job ain't just to sing in the choir and worship and go home and sit down. After you worship in the choir and sing, after you preach, after you play the organ, after you worship out there on Monday morning, get yourself up and go to work and make a difference for the kingdom of God because you're... Your presence, just your presence shifts things. And some of y'all have been promoted and don't even have the skill sets. But one thing about worldly folk, they might not know about the anointing. They might call you good luck. I don't know what it is about you, but every time I put you somewhere at work, even when you don't make no sense, it works. And they'll promote you because they know you're making more money. Ain't it a shame that the people of the world notice our favor before we do? I'm going to preach and get out of here because I don't, I, don't, I don't feel y'all really understand what I'm saying. All I know is, is that the world will put you in positions because they understand your power and you will make them money when you could be making money there and starting your own business, but you're so afraid because you don't recognize the anointing that works in you and you let the man make more money off you while you clocking in nine to five every day and never using your gift. Your gift shall make room for you. It'll make room for you at somebody's job, making minimum wage, or it'll make room for you to do your own business and make your own. I'm, I'm, let me, number eight, let me hurry up. Let me hurry up. Number eight. Yep, I'm going to get you in time for the game. And me too. Number eight. The Holy Spirit empowers us for witness. Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gifts my father promised. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. I already kind of talked to you about this. At the end of the day, when he gives you that anointing and the Holy Spirit falls on you, you can't help but witness. 
I witness you got some folk that joined the church and some of them in the audience now that, that joined the church because they met me through Maxwell Realty. Why? Because wherever I go, the anointing will be because I'm going to always give praises to God because I know he's the one that gives me the power to obtain wealth. Some folk are here because we, well, I'm with the NAACP and they see how much work gets done because at the end of the day, it's not me. It's the kingdom power of God. Some people are here because they see me on the planning commission. They see me doing other things in the city. And it's not just because what I do. It's because God will take me and I'm not even qualified for a position. They'll just put me somewhere. Ain't applied for nothing here. People just say, I saw what you did over there. And you changed it. So I'm going to put you over here. Didn't even know what the planning commission was. Didn't know what the border of you was. But somebody noticed. Ain't it funny? how David's family didn't know him, but when Saul was looking for somebody to play the harp, there was an army guy that says, I saw a boy, he has an anointing, he has the favor of God, I've seen him kill lions and bears, David didn't even know somebody saw him, but somebody from the palace had already saw him doing great work, even though his daddy didn't pay him no attention, even though his brothers didn't pay him no attention, even though his mama wasn't even in the story, God had some Somebody next to the king. See, somebody has seen you and noticed you and you don't even know it. Just keep doing what you're doing and do what you do well and faint not. Don't get weary in your well-doing because God is about to exalt you because some people see you that you thought didn't even know your name. Maybe I'm preaching to myself because I don't feel. Do you feel them? Sometimes I feel some of them, but I don't think they really understand the favor that God. I know what they say. I got to preach to the choir because the choir may understand me a little better. Can I talk to y'all? Because they ain't feeling me. Now, a few of y'all, I feel you, but some of y'all, I can feel the resistance because you really don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I ain't trying to be funny. I feel it. Can I tell you? Because I really want to say, ooh, I feel it. I want to be like Joe Olsen. I feel the move of God, and I know you feel it. I hear you. I feel your spirit. I know you're hungry. But some of y'all are too full. Some of y'all need to get thirsty for God instead of just thirsty. Because God is about to do something in your life if you can receive this word and understand that the Holy Spirit will make room for you. I'm trying. Let me go. He, he'll, he'll, he'll convict you. He'll, he'll let you know that he empowers you to witness. Number nine, the Holy Spirit enables us to understand and apply what is taught in the word of God. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen says, "All Scripture is God breathed and is useful for the teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness." See, this is the thing. The, the disciples asked him one time. Remember, he had this, asked him a lot of times. He had told his parable about the wheat and the tares, and then the disciples stayed after class after everybody left. You know how sometimes you don't want to ask the teacher no question because you don't want to look dumb, so you just wait on everybody else to leave. And he was like, "I'm gonna ask a question. Hey, hey, brother Rabbi, uh, brother Jesus, uh, son of God. Hey, hey, can you tell us what you mean by this parable?" And then he broke it down. The wheat. Was sown by the wicked one. He began to go through all the stuff. And then he began to say, To you, 
you have been given the keys to the kingdom. What he's saying is you have access to me. So I will tell you what the word means. Until you have the Holy Spirit in you, you won't be able to understand what scriptures are saying to you and be able to see what God is saying in this time. See, a lot of times we read the word of God, but we keep staying in the wasness and don't bring the isness of now. And we'll still stay back in the prehistoric time, the time way before Jesus. We'll begin to go back 2,000 years and never be able to apply what it is that God is telling us for today. And it takes the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to help you apply the word. Have you ever been around somebody that knows scripture like, I don't know what? understands, don't, but don't understand it, can remember every scripture, can tell you all the scripture, but mean as a rattlesnake is because it's not in their heart and they don't have the Holy Spirit. Anybody can remember scripture. The devil quoted scripture to Jesus. He just changed one or two words to try to, to try to eisegete it, to make it fit what it is he wanted to fit. Even the devil knows scripture. Islamic folk know more scripture than us. But they don't believe in Jesus the way we believe in him. God wants to give you the keys to the kingdom, but you got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you begin to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, ooh, how powerful the Bible is. I had a Jew that didn't even go to church, but he was the person that helped me raise money for the private school I was over, and he always crafted his letters by looking at the epistles of Paul. He said, Paul would start off real nice, tell them, go to heaven, and then come back and tell them how good they are. And he would say, they always say something nice, come down and tell them what they're doing wrong, then he'd come back and write something else good. And so the letters seemed real nice, but in the middle, he snapped on them, and he began to craft all the letters and show me how to write letters according to Paul, and then he didn't go to church. Didn't even go to church, but was using scripture for his business. Y'all don't hear me. And all your getting, get understanding. I know you like to scream and shout and jump up, but what have you really learned on today? Walk in the power. Because God will give you the ability to be able to interpret scripture and use it for your life. I don't fight folk. I use scripture. I don't tell it to them either. I just say it to myself. Now, one time I did get mad. These people that had took this money from me, some business had done something to my car, and I started calling them and leaving scripture on their answer machine. They probably thought I was crazy. But it was, it was some years ago. They gave my money back. I left scripture like in the name of Jesus. I was just quoting scripture. I bless those who bless you. I curse those who curse you. And by this, by this, by this covenant, all generations will be blessed. I began to show no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Began to sin. Boy, you better watch out. That scripture will get for right. Number 10. The Holy Spirit will give life to our mortal bodies. This is the work of the Holy Spirit that's yet to come. But the promise of that work is connected incredibly with the resurrection of Christ himself. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body because of his spirit who lives in you. So death can't even kill you. Man, that should just make you shout right there. Even when I go to sleep for the last time and don't wake up here, I'm waking up in heaven with a new body and a mansion. I'm walking on the streets of gold. I can't lose. Even if I die today, I win. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with God. 
Let me hurry up and get out of here. Some folk ready to go. I'm ready to go too. Believe me, I'm tired as you are. I'm the one talking. And I looked at it. I said, God, could I do two parts? He said, no. So you blame it on the Holy Spirit. I was trying to do two parts. But I'm done. I'm done, done. Now I'm going to read this little story and I'm going to sit down. For real. Not a gospel preacher, but a real person. This is Maxwell, not Pastor Maxwell. I'm really going to close after this. See, in this article, Five Faces of Pentecost, Dean Merrill, an award-winning author, shares about his visit to an immigrant church in Amsterdam. It was a dynamic service, and even though he couldn't understand the language spoken, the Spirit's presence was very strong. You know that? You don't even have to speak. He kept looking at a banner across the front of the sanctuary where the choir sat. It read, if I read this wrong, you can't see it no way, so you don't know. <laughs> it said, Jeep de Helge Jis Rominte. It sounded right to me. He finally turned to a young man next to him and said, do you read Dutch? Some, he replied. What does that sign say, Dean asked, pointing at the stage. He gave the translation, give the Holy Spirit room. And he said, I thought, that's right. That's what we need to do in our personal lives. That's what we need to do in our families. That's what we need to do in the body of Christ, in our church services, in our prayer meetings. It can't just be scripted. It can't just be scheduled. It can't just be, well, we're doing this out of routine and habit. There has to be an openness, a sense that we're making room for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who hovered over the chaos and breathed into this creation. The Spirit through whom Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary, the spirit through whom we were born again, the creative dynamic spirit wants to be birthed into time and space in our lives today. The spirit who has poured out uh, of the disciples on Pentecost wants to be poured out in your life today. Make room for the Holy Spirit. He wants to pour life into you. He want to pour business into you. He want to pour new ideas into you. He wants to pour power into you so that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But this power that I'm talking about, you can't walk in it. You can't have it. You can't possess it until you forge a relationship with Jesus Christ. 